Today's show is sponsored by Cumulo. Cumulo makes managing file data at massive scale radically simple. File data is at the center of the human experience. It transforms genomic research into drug therapies, factory logs into machine learning, LIDAR images into maps, and video into entertainment. File data is the currency exchanged in digital classrooms and labs, advancing knowledge and research around the world. Freeing users and the applications that depend on vast amounts of file data is what Cumulo lives for. As the world goes digital, with unstructured file data driving human experiences from movies to new vaccines, Cumulo makes it simple for you to store, manage, and create with file data at massive scale, whether it's on-prem or in the cloud. Experience Cumulo's file data platform for free today. Cumulo.com slash cloudcast. That's Q-U-M-U-L-O dot com slash cloudcast. And try it with your data today. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Aaron, today is kind of a big day. Uh, why don't you tell the folks where we're at today? Yeah, so this is show 500. Um, so we, you know, we kind of recently on one of the shows uh, on the 10 year show kind of threw out some stats. And so we're not going to rehash a lot of the stats. So, so this is going to be just more thoughts and impressions um, over the last 500 shows. Um, so I, I certainly have a couple. But Brian, did you want to start us off with some? Yeah, I uh, I was thinking like, um, you know, do, do I have a favorite show? Which, you know, sort of like asking if you have a favorite kid, I guess. <laughs> you know, if, if we think back about the show, the show has always been sort of, you know, just something that we did on the side. We were always trying to learn stuff. Um, I think thinking back on it, my favorite show, just in terms of like the, the experience of the show was we did one, and this has been years and years, but uh, Peter Ulander was on. He, uh, he of you know, ownership of cloud.com fame, and he's now doing stuff over at AWS. We did a show, I was on the road, I think I was in Chicago, and uh, it was just this horrendous lightning storm. And then he had some sort of horrendous coughing fit. And so, you know, we, we ended up cranking a show out between all those things, but between him coughing every three seconds and just, you know, like bone shattering lightning going on every 10 seconds. <laughs> it was amazing that we, we got the show out and that, that's sort of what the show has always been, right? Like we've, we've tried to put it together. We've tried to sort of, you know, work through what people were doing and uh, we've been lucky enough to get uh, good audio from, you know, most of the time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, and and over the years we've recorded in some some pretty crazy places. We've recorded, and especially when we were used to do them at at conferences, right? Like in some back corner with a microphone on a chair in a hallway that wasn't too loud. Like we've recorded a lot of shows and in a lot of places, um, you know, and and a lot of countries actually, um, yeah. you know, as we kind of did some of the EMEA conferences and some of the Asia conferences. You know, we've we've recorded shows in Hong Kong. We've recorded shows in in uh amsterdam we've recorded shows kind of all over the place yeah. um, so it's yeah. certainly been interesting um i'll throw one out there too as well uh, that that was a highlight uh, you know it was kind of our first monumental big one was the 100 show which we we actually did in the cisco offices across from moscone center and yeah. it was across from us w. and yeah and it was a whole bunch of people in a room and uh, you know if i'm being honest the show was kind of a train wreck um 
but it was fun. <laughs> yeah, the hundreds, the hundreds, two hundreds, three hundred shows have always been. It's been it's been cool that people are like, yeah, man, I want to come back and do that show. And you're like, really? Okay, cool. You know, so we've we've been lucky to have a lot of people that have been, uh, you know, good good folks, good friends of the show, loyal loyal friends of the show, and. We're, appreci- yep. we're appreciative to all of them. I, uh, well, yeah, you, know, you said we weren't going to do stats. I did, I did look, and this wasn't sort of on purpose or, or you know, kind of. I was had to look up something for something else. We have we have listeners in 117 countries, which is insane to me. I didn't. Number one, I didn't really necessarily recognize that there was that many countries in the world. Uh, so much for you know U- <laughs> U- U.S. Ed- U.S. education at its finest. <laughs> but uh, you know, 117 countries is is insane. So if you're in one of those 117 countries, thank you very much for listening. Especially if English is probably nowhere near your uh, your primary or secondary language. Yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll add a couple stats that aren't related to any of this. I've, you know, this show has lasted long enough. It's I've, I've been in three different houses. Um, and I probably don't care to count how many jobs, uh, over the 500 (laughs) years as well. So this has been some stability, uh, in my life as well. Uh, (laughs) I'm now now thinking now that our kids are sort of grown up, we used to joke that the kids would come on the show and they would, you know, occasionally do like an intro or an outro. Uh, I still think back. My favorite memory is when you told me the time that you were somewhere, you were like in Mexico and you were wearing a Cloudcast t-shirt and some guy came up to you and he's like, oh, are you one of those guys? And just how humiliated your daughter was that (laughs) this nerd was talking to you. She's like, God, dad does that thing. (laughs) Yes, completely. That was one of the few things of like getting recognized in public, which was, which, yeah, my daughter was, was beyond um, embarrassed about all of that. So, well, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to go too long. We're not going to recap every show, but, uh, you know, 500 is, uh, it's a milestone. Um, you know, I think even when we were at 200 or 300, I don't know that we ever thought we'd get here. So thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you to everybody for giving us feedback and telling a friend and all the cool things that you do. It's been, a it's been a pretty amazing ride and, um, we're going to have a, we're, we've got a fun guest. We've got a friend of the show, Nick Weaver's coming on uh, right after the break to talk kind of his journey and his journey has really kind of followed the journey of the cloudcast, you know, as, as we've learned new stuff, as we've added new sort of technologies to our repertoire, if you will. And, uh, you know, just again, thank you to everybody for, you know, being part of this thing, whether you've listened for two weeks or, you know, all 10 years or, or however long you've been part of it, we appreciate it. So we will get to that right after the break. Today's show is sponsored by O'Reilly. O'Reilly is known for its animal books, which have helped tech professionals stay ahead for over 40 years. Today, its online learning platform at O'Reilly.com takes learning tech to the next level. Sure, your teams get access to thousands of books and videos, but there's also interactive learning where they can get hands-on with tech like Kubernetes, Python, Docker, Java, and more in live dev environments. So they learn by doing, not just reading. With live online sessions, your teams learn from the biggest brains in AI, software architecture, cloud, data, programming, and more. They can even prep for tech certification exams with official materials and interactive practice tests. And then there's O'Reilly Answers. You just ask the search engine any tech question and it takes you right to the best answers from O'Reilly's renowned books. It's why 66% of all Fortune 100 companies give their teams O'Reilly Online Learning. Get a demo today at O'Reilly.com. That's O'Reilly. Today's show is sponsored by JumpCloud. 
JumpCloud offers a cloud directory platform that gives users a single identity for their email, apps, networks, and even their work devices, whether they're Mac, Windows, or Linux. JumpCloud gives IT admins a single pane of glass to configure and secure those devices, set policies for MFA, full disk encryption, screensaver, and much more. With JumpCloud, remote onboarding and offboarding goes from hours to under five minutes. JumpCloud puts zero trust security within the reach of organizations of any size. JumpCloud reimagines the relationship between the user identity, their work device, and their access to resources. Access is securely granted based on trusted identity, trusted device, and trusted network. So if you're looking for a directory that supports heterogeneous OSs, or you just need SSO, MDM, LDAP, MFA, or all of the above, JumpCloud will make your job easier. Try it out for yourself at jumpcloud.com. That's jumpcloud.com. And we're back. And Aaron, you know, as we mentioned in the the top of the show, you know, with episode 500, we've got to uh, we've got to go off and get, you know, for at least for our show, uh, you know, big guests. We've got to have people that uh, you know have not only kind of shaped the show with us, but uh, you know, also you know, been part of this big journey with us. So uh, why don't you introduce our guest? Because uh, I think he may have he may now hold the title of being you know on the show the most uh, of anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. At this point, it's got to be, you know, the the Fiverr Club and then some. Um, so Nick uh, Weaver, VP of Architecture and Innovation and Data and Analytics at Dick's Sporting Goods. Nick, how you doing, man? I am wonderful. How you doing, Aaron? Brian, good to talk to you again. Good, man. You you date back. Actually, I mean, you've got street cred on the podcast. You, you're, I think, episode four, if I remember correctly, was the first time. And then... Yeah. Gosh, I, there's a, you know, we, we'd have to go back and probably do a bunch of Google searches of how many shows you've actually been on, you know, both as a guest and guest so host I actually, sometimes. And <laughs> I actually looked it up. I, I was oh, nice. curious Good. myself, and I believe this is my seventh appearance. There you go. There We're you gonna... go. So perfect guest for 500 then. So, But it has been almost two years. Um, so, so what are you up to these days? Man? Yeah. Well, um, that's a good question. Uh, so... Other than hopefully exiting this wonderful, weird last year of COVID, um, I uh, recently started a new role about six-ish months ago at Dick's Sporting Goods. I left Nike uh, early last year and ended up here and uh, excited about that. I also moved the family from Portland, Oregon to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is a big deal, going from the West Coast to the East Coast. And I haven't been on the East Coast since I was like 13. And so that's a big move. And um, just continuing that interesting journey into leadership and learning how to be a, a better person through helping others and teams and uh, trying to figure out how to apply technology to different things. In this case, um, with Dix, I'm much more of a focus on like e-commerce, retail, kind of store, like retail company stuff. Where Nike, yeah, a bit of retail, but it was a lot more like sports brand. Yeah. yeah. And, and also on the vendor side, you got out, man. Like a lot of us, that's the dream of like, we always work for all these vendors and yeah. we're like, man, it'd be nice to go maybe work for a customer at some point. And you did. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, yeah. Go ahead, so, Brian. Yeah. So for folks, <laughs> for folks who are, you know, newer to the show, uh, you know, when we, we first met Nick, um, you know, we were, Aaron and I were, were both sort of in the, in the VMware community. Nick was, was, you know, kind of hardcore in the VMware community. Um, you know, we've, we've known you since, 
you were super hands-on doing stuff. Um, you kind of evolved from, you know, really hands-on to, you know, doing stuff that was, you know, more like team lead stuff. Um, you eventually were, you know, you were building clouds. You helped build, build the original VMware cloud. Um, you went over to Intel. You were doing, started doing leadership stuff. Like, what, walk, walk folks through a little bit of that mindset that happens when you go from, uh, you know, being, you know, super technical, super hands-on, really involved with stuff to you make the decision of like, I'm going to let some of that go and, and go try and lead teams. And like, that's a, that's a scary thing for folks, but like, what was your mindset? How'd you go through some of that? Yeah, it's a, it's a hard one to unpack actually. And, um, I feel in some ways the further time goes on, the more I actually understand it. I think a part of it for me was scale. So, you know, you, you can, there was some level of things I wanted to get done where, I was more fascinated in the outcome than I was in like the credit at some level. Um, and so as I started to get into a place where I was starting to lead teams, right? So you, you become a lead of a team, you're an architect and you're not managing them, but you're leading them. You start to get the bug of seeing bigger things happen through them. And then that turns into, well, maybe I should start managing. And then you start like building greater teams and you start learning all the other problems that come with it. And, um, you know, very far, much further in my career now than, than back then, you know a lot more about yourself. And I know, I know my passion is problem solving. Like ultimately that's all I actually like doing is finding a problem solving it. And that's where I get all my satisfaction. And all of a sudden, as you start to manage people and you start to look at how to like set them up and encourage them, enable them, empower them, um, keep them focused on the right problems. You run into these different sets of problems, um, these different challenges, and then you become fascinated with them. And then you start working for people who are good at solving them. And you start realizing there's, there's different levels of, leadership skill, savvy intelligence and um, approach that you don't have, but you want to be like them, right? So I think a, a big part of that for me was a combination of going from technical engineering to people engineering, right? And seeing that still as like, this, I use the word engineering loosely there, but problem solving and like, you know, creating things. And at the same time, getting to work for some really awesome leadership that I saw something I wanted to be like. And uh, I saw something I didn't have yet. And I think the combination of those two is what really kept me interested, kept me moving, kept me challenged. And I'm still on that journey. I mean, I'm not even close to the end of it, but um, it was extremely fulfilling so far. Cool. And let's let's maybe take a, a recent example of that, right? So when you were at Nike, you lived through legitimate digital transformation. Like it's a, it's a buzzword <laughs> we love to use and joke about in our industry, right? But But both how this company engaged in the market, but also how the company dealt with suppliers and vendors. And so help us a little bit of like talk through a real honest to goodness, digital transformation and some of the dynamics around all of that. Yeah. I mean, uh, man, I, I could probably do two hours on just things <laughs> I've seen without even coming to some great conclusion. Um, and, and it depends on the company. So if you think a company like Nike, I mean, from the outside, it's hard to picture how absolutely massive that company is. And, um, and it's one thing if you're in high tech, because in high tech, and if you work for certain companies in high tech, like Intel, for example, like the products you work on, you know, are 10, $15 billion lines. And so you got a lot of people aligned against one thing and in, in different levels. And the same thing happens at Nike. The difference is at a company like Nike, it's also super broad in so many different areas and touch bases. And, and um, so when you go down to this digital transformation, uh, funny enough, the one thing I would say from, when, from my first exposure to being part of it to what I think about it now 
is easily 75% of digital transformation is um, organizational and leadership. It's very, very little of it is actually technically difficult. What's difficult is um, being able to leverage, use, control, own, and focus technology requires the people to be in the right position with the right mindset. And for companies that are long, long lived, right. And companies with, um, that make money really, really well doing the same thing they've done forever, changing those things carries risk and understanding it. And, and that journey is really, really tough. And so at Nike, the biggest part of that organizational change, um, the drug digital transformation was most of the work. And then once you get that alignment, it gets a lot easier than go execute. Right. And um, I'll also say that back to like the vendor supplier piece um, with the right organizational alignment, with the right shape, the right people in the right places, there's a lot of really good technology out there today and a lot of really good companies. And I'm not going to drop names like left and right where um, it's, I feel like in a lot of ways, there's a lot, technology is a lot easier than it used to be in some ways. There's a lot, there's a lot, especially for a company of large scale and you're trying to do big things, the cloud companies, some of the big vendors. Um, I'm more encouraged the technology space today than I was maybe five, six years ago. Yeah, you guys, I remember you guys going through sort of an interesting thing because I I think when you first got to Nike, you guys were doing this big thing where you were moving a lot of the the retail, you know, place essentially where things were being sold um, into AWS, right? So you're using like the AWS marketplace and, and, you know, selling on, on, well, not on on Amazon. Um, And then at some point there was kind of this Mm -hmm. shift of, you know, Amazon because, you know, they were, they were selling so much of your product also was, you know, putting up, Hey, we recommend, and it would be, you know, a non Nike product or something, um, you know, as, Hey, maybe you want to consider this as well. And you, you know, you get into the thing with, with Amazon and branding, like you've lived on both sides of sort of now the, I guess, customer and and vendor side of stuff. Like how how did that kind of go down within Nike? Like how how did they think about, okay, on one, on one side, we have this technology partner on the other side, we have this sort of competitive marketplace. Like how did some of those dynamics kind of the thought process go on within that? I think Nike, and they, they had this in their public statements, recognizes that the future of a brand is connecting with the consumer and really deeply connecting. And, and the, the more you understand what they want, the more you're connecting in tune with them, the more that brand is a personal part of their life, um, the, 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 less, the less an Amazon is a threat to you. And if you look at what Nike did, you got on one hand an Amazon web page selling Nike products, just another channel, just like to exploring goods or just like anybody else. Um, and if you're from tech, you're very well aware of like channel strategies and it's a very similar model, you know, wholesale versus direct. I think what Nike and a lot of companies, not just Nike, you probably, I could probably name nine other ones um, who are used to really leveraging those wholesale channels realize that they're abstracted from those consumers. And so when, you know, somebody else gets in there and provides a better product or listens and learns, but that all goes down to one primary thing that Amazon respects and uses heavily and it's data. And it's not that data, oh my gosh, like go buy Snowflake, go buy this. It's, no, it's truly like, what does a customer like? What sizes do they return? What sizes do they keep? What shoes do they buy over and over again? And the more that Nike realized they understood the data about their consumers, the more they had that personal connection to them, they realized that would change their product development. That would change the way they merchandise with other vendors. That would change the materials they choose, all kinds of things, right? And I think that's where you really saw them go 
into that consumer direct offense, which which was um, and now the consumer direct acceleration, which is look, we have to have a personal connection. And so when when you look at Nike companies like or any company, I'm gonna put Nike aside that has that is moving more to that direct sales. It's fascinating because behind that is not just oh, I, I, it's a margin game. It's also a data game. It's an understanding game. It's experience game. Um, and I actually I actually firmly believe this is something Amazon is going to have to figure out. I got a whole theory in my head. I was thinking about writing a blog post one day about what is the future of Amazon, and especially with Jassy taking the seat. I think it's a fascinating move to put him in that seat. I mean, he deserves it. The guy's a, I mean, anybody been in a room with him knows that he's an absolute um, uh, badass dude. But um, brilliant. But I think Amazon's future is going to be a f- more in the enabling those companies like the Nike than actually competing with them. Yeah. In my in my mind, <clears throat> well, and, 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 and again, again, it didn't you know didn't want to didn't want to get get you in any sort of trouble with stuff, but it, it it does sort of highlight this this thing that I've you know as I've been thinking about like what does digital transformation mean? A lot of folks you know get into like oh it's you know it's 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 DevSecOps and it's kind of internal culture of getting stuff working, and I and I've always sort of thought well that, you know that that's true that's a that's a byproduct of it, but it is it's just this this thing of you know, the internet lets me go directly to my customers. It lets me bypass sort of every channel, every, you know, go to market barrier there could have been, but you, but you've got to know how to deal with that. Right. Like in, in Netflix was sort of one of the original companies that really sort of understood that, that, you know, they worked with AWS, but then they went direct to customer. And like that to me is, is the interesting dynamic. And it's like you said, if, if you really, really understand your data and you, you understand you've, you've got to, You've got to collect that. You've got to own it. You've got to analyze it. You've got to make sense of it. Like that's the that's the real digital transformation. The other stuff you kind of have to do to get there. You know, it's like you have to learn how to run to you know to train for a marathon kind of thing. But it, that 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 yep. was it's interesting that, that that was the thing that you you picked up on because I, I I was I've been looking for examples other than Netflix of, of where that made sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the other important one's going to be. You can take this in any other mode, but if you if you get down to it, it's about the change in lifestyle. It's it's a, as consumers or as as users or any whatever dementia or persona you put on it, um, people expect a different interaction with the things they include in their lives, and you either you either meet them where they're at on that with some way of understanding what they need and getting it to them the way they need it, or somebody else is going to do it. And that's, that's digital transformation is like, you're going to need to do that digitally because data scale access, geo-distributed mobile, I can drop a whole bunch of buzzwords in the end. These are the channels to reach those consumers in that way. And, uh, companies have to pivot to figure out a way to go do that. And the political infighting, the empire building, the legacy stuff, most digital transformation strategies, and this is be my advice. If anybody out there is wanting to go work for a company that's like, Hey, come, come work for us. We're going to do digital transformation. Pressure test is digital transformation top down. Is it led from the board by the executive team where they really truly understand the journey? Because if it's not, I wouldn't join those companies because that's where it has to start. Because if you're from the grounds up, then everybody's been looking for the way they fit into it. And I'll put that this just like you said about DevSecOps or vendors. If you're a vendor and you're looking at like, how do I work in digital transformation? And you're trying to find your way of pushing your product into it versus listening to what the top down strategy is. Where are they going? Why are they going? How do we fit? Two different approaches. That tops down is incredibly important because um, it really means that the company's bought into the changes, painful or easy, they need to make to get there. Yeah, makes perfect sense. So, Nick, let me change topics on us then. Um, you're still ultimately a technologist at heart. 
Um, what technologies are interesting to you these days? What are you kind of dabbling, researching, talking about? Um, well, so I'll, I'll do a personal and a professional. So personally, I am, um, I, I'm with, with this, you know, I got in an older new house, um, here in Pittsburgh and, um, I've been in home automation stuff all over again. I, I kind of dabble with it, but it has come five years now later, it's come a lot further. And so I've been playing a lot of that kind of stuff and really enjoying it and, um, automating lights and sensors and follow me around and all kinds of stuff. So that's been fun. I, um, I have been the last year and change thanks, thanks to a really good, uh, buddy of mine from Nike, uh, named Jack. I have been playing with rust. I actually did last year's, uh, advent of code and rust. Uh, it was pretty shitty what I did, but it worked. Um, and uh, I was too busy with COVID and moving to do this year's, unfortunately. Um, and uh, so I love Rust. I think it's an amazing language. I had a lot of fun with that. It really pushed my thinking on some things. On a professional standpoint, oh, wow. I think um, uh, I think I'll be careful. So because so, I run innovation, so I, I'm actually playing some really cool stuff, but I can't talk about it. Um, but I think the really cool thing is um, what is the future of sports experiences, truly? Like what changes about sport and team sport and the way we connect, interact to the fields and, you know, and the way we buy and purchase around that. I think the other one I find fascinating is, and I'm in the middle of right now is like, what is the new platform um, for, for enterprise? So coming off the, you had, by the way, you had a great, your, your podcast on the cloud foundry stuff was absolutely amazing. I, I really appreciate you guys doing that. I mean, I was involved in it, but I actually got to send that to some people who are, curious about it and say, Hey, here's a great reference to it. But you know, with, with Azure and Google and even Amazon, um, like what is this next level of, of platform look like and how we build and run software and distribute it and how does it play? And I'm really curious about what this next kind of 3.0 or 4.0 or 5.0, whatever, whatever version we're on, we're both, all three of us have been in this a long time. So, but what does this new model look like and the way we run things and operate and how does data analytics and data, especially <laughs> couple with that in a really powerful way. Um, and some really good conversations with some, uh, cloud people around that one right now. Yeah. Your, your, your point about the source sports experience is going to get, uh, tested really quickly. Cause what, um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't put it in the cloud news of the week, but, uh, uh Amazon recently won, uh, one of the nights of, of NFL football. So like all of the Thursday night football games they did. are going to be on prime, which, <clears throat> you know, we were talking to some folks kind of offline in different, uh, different forums. And it's like, you know, all of a sudden you've got this, this thing that, you know, so if you watch an NFL game again, for folks outside the U S that's, you know, American football, but like you'll watch the game and they'll overlay quote unquote, AWS stats, right? Like how fast was somebody or how far was a play or, or whatever it was. But like, if you, if you own that whole broadcast, like you can imagine uh, the ability to overlay, you know, stats, gambling, you know, being able to buy the Jersey of your favorite person or, or all sorts of stuff. So like, yeah, I can imagine, yeah. you know, it's, it's when you, when you, like we said, when you start to sort of peel away all the distribution channels between you and the person that's, you know, making that experience part of their life, uh, there's a lot of stuff that can go on there. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll give you one little story yeah. and this, this is a, this is a, a, you know, kind of historical thing. So when I was at, when I was at Cisco years and years ago, we used to have this program where they would pull people out of their day job or sort of, you know, it's a half a day job and they'd go, Hey, we want you to come up with a, a new billion dollar idea, which you laugh at that, but like, that's the way John Chambers used to talk. And, uh, and so one of the yeah. things that we came up with, and this was probably 2006, just to put it in context was, you know, we used to own 
set-top boxes as part of what Cisco did. And so we sort of figured out, like, you could have yeah. done this stuff back 10, 12 years ago, basically like overlaying stuff on top of games, of being able to trigger on, you know, hey, your favorite player did something. And it won the contest. And then Cisco said, yeah, no, we're not going to invest in it. It's not something we, we think can can work out at the time. So, yeah, this it's interesting to see this stuff sort of come around again, um, but with uh, with new new owners or new inputs and game, game players and stuff. I think what's um, fascinating to me is uh, on that one, like the NFL one. I mean, there's the obvious, they, you know, if, if, if they've access to that, their access to understanding sports and the players is going to, is going to go up. But I also think in the whole ad media game, man, they're, they're taking advantage of something. I can't believe Google had never moved into like Google owns all the online ads, but I mean, Amazon's coming up Facebook did really well also, but Amazon's got a massive retail marketplace where everybody goes to like daily. Right. 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 And all of a sudden you start tying that into media and ads and you now you're now you're able to say hey they're buying stuff online what ads am i going to personalize and show them while they're watching their game this, this is something that you don't the nbc and abc can't do i i think that I, for on one hand i think amazon is going down a path that they pull it off and they know data but they can end up just really being the next version of where ads goes if they do it right and personalization around ads the second part is i truly think amazon's future is not indirectly selling goods i think i think when everybody else is going consumer direct i think amazon is going to be more interested in becoming. I mean, think about it. You got you got AWS, which is an incredibly powerful platform for building a company for retail, direct consumer, whatever you want to go do. Right? They got massive amounts of data and ways of running it. Their whole business was built on being a platform to sell stuff. Right? Because of the wholesale market, you can go and get your own shop and things like that. What's the next version of that? Right? It's hey, you can put something. You can put your whole business on us. Like, forget just one page on Amazon. Put your whole business on us. We'll take care of your ads, your media. No one will even know it's Amazon. We'll just make you look amazing. We're, we're, your, we're an outsource more than just the tech now. Like, just come run on us. Just focus on your brand, focus on your product. I think that's why Jesse's in charge. I think that's the future is AWS is going to be the new Amazon.com, and they're going to go into things that we've never seen before. That's my theory. Yeah. Well, I'll ask you a follow-on question to that that's that's kind of related then. So from where you are today and, and your thoughts on the industry, um, how would you mentor a young Nick Weaver? <laughs> you know, the the one that just <laughs> did the, the five-minute demo video at the EMC keynote in, in 2008, 2009, right? Like what is some of your advice uh, on this path from engineering to tech leadership? So part of that, I could, I could say, knowing the coaching I've been given, so I have the advantage of smarter people than me having told me things that I finally listened to, so I can just repeat those back to myself earlier. Um, but there's also <laughs> the perspective of like talking to someone like me, but not necessarily me, right? Um, so the first one, I always tell that young Nick Weaver is like, hey, you know, um, you should read books on active listening. You should... Um, you should be- have a better work-life balance because you know that that last eighty percent you're putting in probably gives you about five percent more. Um, you should re- sit down and write long-term plans, not just chase every last problem. And um, you should keep going because you're doing a pretty good job. Um, I think those are the things I tell myself. I think for someone at that level or someone at that moment, I- I'll do what I do now, which is um, really figure out where you want to go. Um, find people in your life, whether it's leadership or friends or family who are able to give you good feedback. You can listen to about who you are and what you should focus on, like find good sources of truth that you trust that give you good, crucial feedback. Um, 
spend time building personal connections uh, is a big one too. Like it's not a networking thing. People over overemphasize networking. Um, I think when they think about that, but it's actually more about building relationships which influence your thinking and help you grow. Sometimes, especially if you're, and I'm thinking about a couple of engineers I've managed in the past, um, super bright, super smart, but maybe race past others at a point, don't take the time to build the relationships and not realize the things they don't know. Um, the other one is um, the thing I did back then that was probably the most useful. And I would encourage everybody is always be curious, always be learning. You have to be constantly curious and you can't force it. Like if you put a stock of books in your desk and you read through them, you're not interested in them. You're not going to absorb anything. Find something you're passionate about. You're interested in your curiosity triggers and spend time with it. And eventually you'll, you'll build expertise, you'll build knowledge that'll be useful and valuable. And so that's, that's, that's what I would tell myself. Yeah, Have fun too. I mean, that's another thing too. Like on, on the last year of this COVID stuff, um, the biggest thing for me is um, as we go into the rest of this year, post COVID <clears throat> is the focus on, you know, in the end, if you're not happy, what was the point? Right. And there were moments in my career where I had great success and I, I mean, I walk in a room and get a standing ovation from my team or I get a moment, highlight moments of my life. And, um, and I was happy for about five minutes. Right. And I, then I was on to the next thing and, and I didn't really truly appreciate it. And enjoyed it as much as I probably could have. And I don't have any regrets about it. I just, I just think one of the things I'm going to, I'm going to coach people on more and I'm going to focus on more is, happiness is like if you're not enjoying yourself if you're not enjoying the company of others if you're, if you're not creating enjoyment and happiness in others find a way to get that to happen because there's no other point um you can accomplish many many things but if you if it was a shitty journey or you're creating a shitty journey for other people it's not a good thing Fi- fix that good stuff man we may have to uh, we may have to break out that uh, that video you guys did from vegas when you uh, you pulled off that two or three week thing and kind of psychoanalyzed that i think there may be a little bit of that uh, you know <laughs> momentary momentary high but not uh, long term lasting thing so we'll, we'll try and find that put that in the show notes for folks well dude uh, i think we're going to wrap up um, thank you for uh, you know continuing to be a uh, a long time uh, participant in the show uh, you, you've you've helped us I think your your journey has sort of you know paralleled where we've gone with this show from very infrastructure centric stuff to you know basic cloud stuff, some stuff that we got right and got wrong, and and now on to uh, a lot of app dev and, and AI and, and stuff like that. So very very cool stuff, yeah. um, Aaron. Any last thoughts before we uh, wrap up with Nick and get him sized up for his uh, you know his his number seven coat? <laughs> yeah, no, I was just gonna say um, you know in kind of closing out. Um, big thank you to everyone for listening, right? This is, this is show 500 and, and, you know, it's pretty amazing. Um, and, and Nick, I'm sure, you know what, in, in show four, um, you probably didn't think you would be on show 500. Um, so, so thank you very much as well. Um, so really appreciate it. I, I, I want to, I want to say as, as one of your listeners, thank you to both of you guys for all the effort you put into this. I, I don't think everybody realized the amount of discipline and effort and follow through. It takes the full something like this off. And uh, you guys have done a great service to the community doing this. I know lots of people who religiously listen to it, um, including myself. And I've used it to send to people to help educate them on topics before many, many times, actually probably more than I can count. So from the community, I'll be the voice to say, thank you very much for doing this. Well, we appreciate it. We appreciate it very much. Well, Aaron, with that, why don't you uh, wrap us up for 500 and we'll figure out if uh, how things might change after 500. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, but as usual, um, you know, so make sure you subscribe in all your podcast players, but also uh, go ahead and, and uh, rank us and rate us as well. Uh, you know, we 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 actually went out and we're looking at some of the, the ratings and, and it is kind of funny to go back and read, you know, a rating that's like nine years old at this point. Um, <laughs> so so we'd, we'd love to uh, get some of those as well. And as always, of course, um, if you have thoughts or, or ideas for shows, uh, send them to us um, and also make sure you uh, tell a friend as well and so uh, thank you very much for listening this week and we'll talk to everyone next week thank you for listening to the cloudcast please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows show notes videos and everything social media 